Uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and, of course, the Top 20. If you're watching here on Stranger Hood TV, I'm your host. My name is DJ. I host the Top 20 and uh, the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Not because I want to, but because, honestly, what else am I going to be doing at this time of the day? talking to uh, Jimmy G, owner of Strangerhood TV, just the other day, uh, tell, tells, tells me that the Top 20 is a very successful show on Strangerhood TV, and all I could think of was like, oh, that's too bad for Strangerhood TV. <laughs> but I do want to appreciate everybody that takes the time to watch and comment and listen and stuff like that. I realize a lot of people uh, will watch the Top 20 because they missed it live, and honestly, that's the best reason to do it, but I really do appreciate people stopping by, at least giving it a view. And a like, because we are trying to do something here. We are trying to build some semblance of community, um, something that just doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem to want to exist, no matter how hard we try. Like, you know, like as much as I want to have like a flat stomach, and it really just doesn't want to be that. That's what it's starting to feel like. The community is, the community is like my least. Trying to get a handle on this beard thing here. He also said, I should actually literally try a man. Like, he, he literally was like, you should try Manscaped, man. And I'm like, isn't that a sponsor of your show? <laughs> and he was like, no, it actually really works. So I just want to tell the people, the good people over at Manscaped is not only is, is Jimmy and Mike shilling that stuff over at Bacon is my podcast, but like in actual life, like physical face-to-face life, Jimmy's like, yo, man, wouldn't Manscaped be good right now? And it's like, oh, man, I guess it will. Stop, check it out. I'm not putting that thing anywhere near my balls again, though. But I will look into the beard trimmer. I just, you know what it is? I just, <coughs> excuse me, I almost died on air. Boy, I bet you that would get five views, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, did you see that guy die on air? Nah. <laughs> I was watching Daily Show reruns. Um, uh... Wouldn't it be great if I, like, not die, but, like, if I just, like, just put my head down and went to sleep? Like, <laughs> the top 20 has its highest rated show ever. Like, <laughs> 17 million views. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. How do you prepare for the top 20? Well... <laughs> What I like to do is I start out by, like, not sleeping well, and then I usually wake up in the 1 o'clock hour for no reason whatsoever. Then, is it ever too good? Is it ever too early for a good piss in the middle of the night? Of course not. <laughs> I'm so tired. I literally was trying to say something in a sentence. My body tried to kill me. Banana guacamole. I don't remember anything I was going to say. Like, it's amazing. Like, one near-death experience. All of a sudden, nothing that's happening on the top 20 matters. <laughs> anyway, I think I was talking about <clears throat> Mansky uh, and, like, the beard trimmer. So the problem I have with the beard thing, like, I'm going to just take a few minutes of your time. Don't worry. I'm going to take lots of minutes of your time later, too. But right now, I'm just going to take a couple minutes of your time. Uh, so the thing with the beard, like, I... I'm digging it because what it is doing for me on uh, like an etherical level <laughs> is hiding a lot of flaws. Like you know what I mean? Like it not only is it hiding some flaws, but it's also adding like a little dash of wisdom. 
Now, I'm smarter than your average bear, and I could probably steal a picnic basket if I needed to. And yes, it did say picnic basket because the correct pronunciation for any bell, uh, bear in Jellystone Park currently. Uh, but I feel that as long as I start doing this, and we talked about this, we talked about Sigmund Freud and like how, like, I feel like it makes you. Uh, appear smarter, like you're actually contemplating something. And I could say outlandish stuff like, well, all of our conspiracy theories were proved correctly and do that, and it looks a little truer. It's not. I mean, conspiracy theories, like some parts of them, like are always rooted in some sort of truth, except, of course, the flat earth, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, the best part about conspiracy theorists as as soon as one conspiracy theory has some traction, their immediate go-to is like, well, what else is I right about? Like, you weren't even right about that thing that you just said you were right about. So how about you just settle down? Like, I saw a post from, like, a pretty big deal kind of artist talking about how they were right about masks. I've got news for you, pal, or whatever you are now. You weren't. Masks are always useful in social uh, pandemic sort of situations. Can COVID get through masks? Absolutely. Do you know why it can get through masks? Most people don't wear them properly or wear the right ones. The rednecks that were walking around with old underwear over their forehead, super ineffective at blocking COVID. But, you know, the, the thing that kind of came anecdotally out of the 2020 lockdowns and the mask wearing and all that other stuff was the simple fact that, like, people barely got the colds and flu. I wonder why that was. If there was something you were wearing over your face and mask that could have prevented you from getting colds and flus. It was a mask. Also, you can't tell anybody that ever got COVID and shook it off in two days that vaccines didn't work. Your conspiracy theories are ridiculous. And what you're jumping on is the bandwagon of experiential data and more information. And, of course, there's always going to be outliers. Does the, did the vaccine save everybody? Of course not. Do all, do vaccines, do all vaccines save everybody? Nope. Was there a nat and I saw in the same post, like, yeah, we were right about natural immunity. We were all right about natural immunity. What we didn't want to do is kill off half of America to get there. Like, And now, listen, if you want to talk about where I was wrong as it pertains to COVID, it's there. Like, we really should have killed off. Like, just let, you know, like, in, the, in just like Chris Porter says, like, you know, I'm not saying we should hunt the stupid, but we should absolutely let them kill themselves. And I think but I did not come here to start an issue with that. I came here to talk about stuff on the top 20, and I'm also not going to do that because I'm going to take a couple minutes to talk about the beard. So here's what's going on with the beard in uh, this week's beard update. Wait. That's kind of appropriate. Uh, the thing that's going on with the beard this week is this thing that's been going on with the beard for the past several weeks, right? Like, So it's hiding a lot of flaws, so I like it. So I think it's going to be a keeper. I may change my mind come June, July, and August. I don't know yet, but I'm digging it. I'm not so much liking when my beard-mustache combination has hairs that go in my mouth because it constantly feels like hairs from my head are in my mouth, and I've been spending many decades pulling hair out of my mouth from the back of my head, so I don't like that. Uh, but I also don't like the sides. The sides tend to very, like, like, they almost pube up, so I don't like that. So I've been shaving them down. So basically what I'm doing is shaving this down, shaving the undercarriage down, and now i just got this big, giant mess up front. So I keep trying to trim it, and I realize that, like, I have a better shot. <clears throat> no, actually, um, Marty McFly has a better shot of trimming this beer. Uh, um, Mike, Michael, what the hell is that dude's name? 
Who played Marty McFly? Chat, where are you? Anybody? I can't remember his name. Um, not Jason Bateman. That's the other guy. Uh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Anybody? Chat, leaving me to hang. Look at them. Look at them. Anyway, uh, that guy, the guy that played Marty McFly, uh, he would be better at cutting. This would have been a lot funnier if I remembered his name. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. If he was trimming my beard, he'd have a better shot at getting even. I tried it last night, and I just re- I just cut like a big chunk out of this side, and then like not such a big chunk out of that side. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put this down. Stop doing it. So I just gotta figure out what I'm doing. So Manscaped, maybe, maybe if you're listening, maybe you can help me out. Uh, probably not. So I'm probably gonna hop up on the website uh, this weekend and uh, take a look and see if there's something worth getting. Because if I could just get, like, if I could just George Jetson my way through this beard, I'd be all set. But I also haven't made any decisions of what I want. All I do know for sure is I don't want a douche beard. And I'm not entirely sure what that means. But much like pornography in the Supreme Court, I'll know it when I see it. So I don't want one of those. Yes, clearly there's a delay in the chat. Sorry. Sorry, chat. I'll figure it out. Bill is offering up some information. Bill has some manscaping expertise. We might have to have Bill on, and we'll discuss manscaping. Uh, and I don't know. There was more to it than that. Anyway, let's um, let's get to uh, like light housekeeping, shall we? Like we could do this. So the brand new top twenty is out. Brand new, I mean, a week old. But like, is it? You know, keep it in the freezer. It'll last like a week or two at least. Uh, so it's from February 23rd, uh, the last February 23rd in February. Uh, and it's DJ versus the America's Super Sub Genius. And, of course, we're talking about Marjorie Taylor Green, Taylor Green, Marjorie Green, the giant pain in the ass from, from Georgia, who, like, is so Georgia, like, she's almost Florida. Uh, we talk about the, the master switch over here, which is no joke. The two-track A switch on the Samson control room, like... You don't know what you're doing. You just don't know what you're doing. Uh, also on the show, we talk about uh, getting a teenage dishwasher in here. I will, I'm happy to report that the new dishwasher is doing great, although it's leaning a bit forward, so I actually have to raise the feet and pull it forward. I think it's not the right one for our kitchen, but I think we'll figure it out. I don't want anybody to worry about it at all in case that was going on out in the world. Uh, kidney stones. I finally got my, uh, my test, my x-ray. Uh, and my CAT scan. I actually, the CAT scan was super easy. The, the x-ray was great, though. Um, the x-ray tech I had, like, she just, like, big shout-out to, like, Ashley at Swanger Basiri, x-ray technician, because she was just having a great time. It was Friday afternoon. She was, like, I don't know if she loves her job or just loves her life, but she was just having a great time. We were sort of talking about, like, what it was in there for, and I was telling her about... Uh, you know the ki- the reason I need the X-ray is because I have innumerable ki- uh, kidneys, which means you cannot number them uh, from the sonogram, which is why they wanted an X-ray so they could actually count them. And she's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, she's like, "Do you have any history of surgery?" And I told them that they had cleaned out my entire left kidney. So she X-rays my left kidney, and from the actual control room, I hear, "Oh yeah," because <laughs> she had seen my innumerable kidneys. We had a good laugh about that. She also advised that maybe I should not stress so much and maybe it wouldn't be a problem. And I think that's a great idea that I've never heard before, Ashley. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She did a great job. So that's out. Um, last Friday, they have these seven questions uh, with and the new interview uh, with Alex Miller from the band Vatica. I was checking out some of that. Um, Jimmy actually had read one of the uh, comments I had posted about the uh, masculine and feminine um, 
you know, when we were just talking about like why, you know, it, it was not cool when we were in school. It was not cool to like pop bands because the masculine, I was saying that the masculine, which is basically what dominated junior high school for me, the masculine deemed it as something less than masculine to like, you know, like a pop artist or a dance artist or whatever. And I was saying that they had they had pondered whether or not it, it it affected women the same way in high school and junior high. Yeah, I was saying it didn't because women just needed to be like it was more important for women to be good looking and hot. And it was more important for for men to be masculine and cool. And uh, what Alex from Vatic was was saying is that like since then like. That was that was a big definition, kind kind of coming out of World War II. And if you want to see what I had to say about that, just check the comments on the Bacon's My Podcast video with Alex from Vatica, because I did have like an addendum to add to that. Uh, but I thought it was an inter- interesting discussion. And as somebody that's steeped but ancillarily in the um, kind of like the gender role discussion, mainly because of my oldest, who, uh, as far as I can tell runs Disc New York, <laughs> and the Ultimate Frisbee community is one of the biggest embracers of not only the trans community, but like the gender discussion. Uh, and so it's been a, it's been an often and early conversation in, in my family about like how these things are, you know, how these terms are being, uh, how they're evolving and how the situation's evolving. So I always find the, the subject interesting, but uh, check that out. Uh, they have uh, c- cooking disasters is out. Discussion and drinks uh, that was last night. I did not get a chance to see that. Uh, programming note: They are going to be on Twitch t- uh, tonight, and they're going to be on with uh, producer extraordinaire David Caggiano. Uh, feel free to check that out. I have no idea what to expect. I'll also be at rehearsal, so I'm not going to be expecting much in terms of what I get to see. But check it out. We can talk about it on the show if you want, and then blah blah, blah all kinds of other stuff. Mikey's got uh, singing. He sings the lines. I did not get a chance to check that out. It's another spinoff of Baking is My Passion, Singing is My Passion, and all that. Uh, also news, Rebel 9 has a show tomorrow night. We're going to talk about that during the show because I have some thoughts about like why uh, ticket sales are so low, and honestly, I'm getting to the point now where if I didn't have to go, I don't even know that I would go, so <laughs> I totally understand where everybody's at. Um, plus, I have shows coming up. You can't see them here because I'm waving this too fast, but I'm going to save that for another time talk about that because uh what i do want to talk about is is something that came up on another bacon's my podcast episode by the way i don't know if you guys feel the same way but i am totally loving the discussions and drinks uh episodes uh it just it's it's why i like mikey and jimmy so i guess it makes sense to want to hear those discussions because those are the discussions that i have with them so i'm really enjoying them i'm glad that they brought them back uh and if i'm the only one that likes them then you know that's awesome, but I will tell other people like you should watch those too because I, I find them interesting. I was uh, I was telling Jimmy that it was funny because they were talking about they were doing like a Poddex episode and it morphed its way into like the local music and like how bands and treat each other and you know how businesses treat bands and all that other stuff. And I was I was listening on the way home from rehearsal, and I'm actually talking out loud to a YouTube video. And then finally, when I stopped to get gas, I was actually like posting a comment, you know, because I wanted to just weigh in on the conversation. It is the downside of them having a non-live show, but you know, I can interact on YouTube, and I encourage you to do the same. Uh, conversations there, are, you know, pretty good. So have at it, leave comments. Uh, but what one of the things that they were talking about, and it's something that's very dear to my heart, and something I have been talking about for ages. Um, two things actually. One is the quality control aspect that Mikey had brought up about 
about bands, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the other is about um, what Mike, uh, what Jimmy was talking about, which is about how some of these venues. They really don't want to put their money on on original music anymore, and I don't blame them at all. And there's reasons for that, but I'm seeing it everywhere. It's not just Long Island. It's it's certainly regional. I don't know about the Midwest because I don't have any contacts or feelers out there anymore. They've long since dried up. But regionally, at least, I know that like even our beloved Jersey Shore Festival does not appear to be happening again. Uh, and probably won't actually at this point since it's been so long because those venues do not want to take a chance on original music because people are not supporting original music. And I understand that. I completely understand that. In fact, I I think over the coming weeks and months, I'm going to try and like really open a dialogue uh, about what's involved and what's actually going on. And I want I'm gonna I'm going to get input from from people in kind of in the know. And we're just going to have this discussion because I think it needs to be had again. I was part of something a few years ago. It's like the local musician forum or whatever. Uh, and I went, and it was just an unbelievable waste of time. It surprised nobody what a waste of time it was. Um, but it was funny to hear cover and tribute bands talk about like how fine the scene is and that you know like original bands kind of need to work a little harder, which just always makes me laugh, like actually out loud. Like, and I've said this, and I've said it for years, and I've gotten in trouble for saying it, and I just don't even, I don't, I didn't care then, and I don't care now. Like, I really want people to understand that with the exception of really, really well-rehearsed tribute bands, I mean the best tribute bands, with the exception of them, I can do absolutely anything a cover band does tomorrow. No effort, like a minimal effort, because I'd have to learn songs that somebody else wrote and then perform them, which I've been doing for years. It's super, super easy. And, you know, how many times have you seen cover bands with, like, their lyrics up on an iPod or whatever, or iPad or whatever? So they, like, it's it's no challenge. And I, and I really do, like, get quite turned off by the fact that cover bands still, like, every now and then they start, like, pretending how great they are. Like, no, you're not, dude. You really aren't. Especially considering the bar is... You know, recorded material that's freely available on Spotify or a CD if you're an old person. Like, you're not going to beat that. You just aren't. And you are never going to be as cool as the band that originally covered it. Now, you can make exceptions for, like, different incarnations of the band Fuel, right? Okay, that's that's fair. Like, go ahead. Like, is that even a cover? Like, I don't even know. Like, But, like, if you're just, like, some band playing music from the 80s or playing from the 90s or the 2000s or whatever, like, yeah, man. Like, we were talking about, like, an Alice in Chains cover band, like, which is great because I love Alice in Chains, but, like, 99% of the work has already been done because Alice in Chains is a stupendous band that actually did all the work for you. Like, there, there's no there's no hidden secret, like, as to why we throw covers in our set sometimes. Although I will say lately I'm getting more and more obscure with them because I really want them to be fun and really want them to be like, oh, my God, I haven't heard that. Or, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing that, as opposed to just playing, like, what's hot on the radio right now. Like, honestly, anybody can do that. And if you're actually super talented at, like, lip-syncing and miming like Millie Vanilli was, you can just play tracks and just play like that. I mean, so many bands are playing with tracks these days anyway. It's just... You know, I don't even know that you would notice. But people taking credit for, like, how crowded their rooms are or how crowded the, the, the businesses are, like, that has nothing to do with you or your talent, I assure you. And I don't mean to be mean. It just has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the people that are coming to see you. 
And the reason that people come to see you is people, especially here, especially older people, especially now in the political and social landscape that we're feeling, are hearkening back for a day when things were better. I've said it a hundred times on this show. If you are stuck because your best days of your life was your senior or junior year in high school or your second year of college where you finally found yourself or became like liberated somehow, like that's great. I'm super happy for you. But it doesn't mean that everything about that time was great. Like it really doesn't. Like the fact that you will not evolve musically, artistically, or socially says so much about the person you aren't. And that is really, really important for people to understand because in Long on Long Island here, what we've got left is a lot of people that are doing exactly that. And it's sad. And it really is sad. But doesn't fault the music owners and it doesn't fault the bands that are 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 placating them and providing this service i said i've said it a hundred thousand times maybe a hundred times if you know you put up a roast beef hero shop and you know lots of people are coming to that but then right next door you put up like let's say a spam shop and lots of people like spam more than roast beef well people are going to go to the spam place and the roast beef is eventually going to close down and that's understandable. But you know what else will make that analogy even more representative of Long Island? Take the roast beef sandwich shop and make it the worst roast beef you possibly can. Just skimp on everything. Maybe it's not even beef. Like, it's just garbage. Like, something you just threw together because you don't have any pride or care in what you're doing. And then you'll start to see, like, kind of what's going on here on Long Island. And that brings me to the quality control so venue owners are not willing necessarily to take a chance on original music because, let's face it, most original local music is garbage. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, just saying what it is. Do some people like it? Will your girlfriend like it? Will your mom like it? Probably. I mean, because they like you, so they'll like anything that you do. The real switch comes when you appeal to people that have no idea who you are or your, what your story is or anything like that. When you start doing that, then you become like a real effective kind of musician, a real asset to your local scene. I would run out of fingers trying to name the talented local bands around here. But I would run out of fingers if I invited 400 friends over or if I tried to go over all the bands that are just hot garbage around here. Because there are. There's a ton of them. Long Island specifically and New York City in general, like, there's a lot of really dated music. There's a lot of really not well-performed music. There's a lot, a lot of poorly recorded music. There's even more poorly written music. And there's badly produced music. I mean, like, dude... That is why, like, when a band puts out something even somewhat decent, people are like, wow, it's a really good song. Like, there should be no reason when I release a song that people are like, wow, that's really good. You're almost like a real band. And the only reason that people think that, like, you're almost like a real band, is because we're a local original band. And it is so unusual for a local original band to put out something that's really good uh, as per the national media. Like, the whole point of this stupid show was to actually highlight bands that were so good locally that I could play them right along with national bands, and not only would you not notice the difference, but you wouldn't necessarily know who the bigger bands were, and I used to do that all the time. I can't do that anymore. There just aren't enough good bands putting out enough good material. Like, yeah, there's some, and I play them here, but, like, there are some bands that are just 
mediocre at best, and I'll play them here too, mainly because I want to give them a shot, especially if they're young and like kind of, you know, kind of coming up and learning. Like your first demo should be shit. Like that's, I feel like we can all agree. Like, if your first demo, like, you know, you listen to like Kill 'Em All from Metallica, like sonically. Not a very good record, but energetically and songwriting-wise, like, I'll take Whiplash any day of the week, my dude. <laughs> so, like, we have a problem, right? Because we have a substandard product that we're trying to sell, and vend venue owners are like, I can't sell that to people that want to hear Stone Temple Pilots or Alice in Chains or anything from the 90s, like Soundgarden and Linkin Park, like... Do you have any idea how hard it is to compete with a band like Linkin Park? Yeah, it's next to impossible, which is why they're one of the best bands ever. It doesn't mean that all the other bands are shit. They just happen to be one of the better bands ever. So if you're a cover band covering that and you're playing to an audience of 50 people that just can't get enough of hybrid theory, even though it's been 500 years since it came out, man, it's, it's a no-brainer which way to go, right? Like, you need to pack your club and your venue and you want them to come in you want them to order drinks and you're gonna upsell the drinks by an extra couple bucks like two i totally get it the only downside to that is you're not really building on anything like those people that you're playing for are gonna die they're gonna die out and they're gonna stop going to clubs that's why the younger like east coast collect east coast collective bands are kind of doing okay because young people are still going to see that but by young people i mean people that can afford to live here and by young people that can afford to live here i mean people living in their parents house they're going to move out eventually and it's not going to be here so what are you going to do? You're going to close. You're going to end up closing your doors because you didn't cultivate any more people coming in. Now, what you could do, and what I've been advocating for years, is have some quality control at your venue. Make sure, like when I was coming, like when I was a young teenager, you could just go to, you know, like Hammerheads or Februarys or Sundance. Well, Sundance was closed already, but like that kind of stuff, and just know there was going to be good music because they only booked good bands. And yes, music is subjective, and we can keep talking about that for sure. But like, there's objectively some bands that just aren't good. They're not prepared. They don't promote. They're not interested in doing the show. They're just doing it because they can. And that's not necessarily a reason to have a band on. You want somebody that inspires you or electrifies somebody, not just their five best friends. And that's how you kill a music scene, by constantly pumping in garbage. People are just not going to be able to. And honestly, people are too lazy to sift the good stuff out of that garbage. I know I am. Like, I keep trying to find good local bands. I can put calls out all the time. They just aren't out there. They're just, they're, they're just not. Very few bands are putting out any good material anymore, and I don't know what the reason is. Like, I, I would be embarrassed to put out some of the music that I've been getting over the past, say, two years. I'd be embarrassed. And, and wouldn't. Like, at this point, my demos, like, my rough first idea demos are better than a lot of the recordings I'm getting. And that's not just me saying it. Like, you can hear it. It's objectively true. And I don't know why that is. But I wish it would stop because it's ruining everything. So you 
have bands that are just putting shit up against the wall day after day. Venue owners that just can't put people in clubs because the music that they're putting on is based on the number of friends that they have and not necessarily the music that they have. So people that are there are just walking out if they're not friends with the bands instead of cultivating something bigger. Like whenever we build like a sandbox show and people come at 7.30 and they stay till 2 in the morning because they at least like one song from every single band on the bill because they're all talented bands. Like... I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. I'm saying it is a way to do it. And I'm also saying that I don't see anybody else doing that. No venues are doing that anymore. Like, it's just bananas and ridiculous that, like, nobody can see any of the big picture of what's going on here. Like, somebody needs to sort of step up, stand up, and start running these things. Have a club that only has shows on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Friday and Saturday are your best bands. Thursdays are the bands that, like, let's give you a shot and see if you suck. If you suck, don't bother coming back Friday and Saturday. But if you want to be part of this this scene that we're doing, like, let's see your ass down here once in a while. Like, let's check out the other bands. And other bands will know that this is where the best bands in the region are going to be playing. So that's where they're going to go and spend their time to see what other bands are doing. Like, this is not rocket science. And I know that because I'm not a rocket scientist. I am somebody that apparently has absolutely no sense of time. So I'm going to shut up now because it's now officially the top 30. And I apologize for that. I apologize the best way I know how. How about a little day to remember? They were a local band once and they were awesome at it.